Words We Live By, the podcast, is a production of the Seattle Army Recruiting Battalion. If you're looking for stable income, your first career path, or a career change, join us for Army National Hiring Day. It's our virtual career fair taking place June 30th to July 2nd. Learn more by following us at Go Army Seattle. Welcome to Words We Live By. I'm your host, Staff Sergeant Beebe. If you scroll through our next guest Instagram, the two biggest things you're going to see are his family and his career. Joe Stout and I met about 12 years ago as U.S. Army Reserve firefighters. It is tremendous that Joe went from being an Army firefighter to being a Seattle fireman. The Seattle Fire Department is one of the most competitive in the nation. I almost don't know how to put into words how big that is. What's present in conversations with Joe is how much he loves his family and who he gets to be for his kids and his wife. That has everything to do with his mantra. It's only three words, but it's a lot to carry. And as long as I've known him, he's been committed to it. Welcome, Joe Stout. Thank you for being here. Thank you. So, Joe, we go back like 10 or 12 years, and we met as firefighters in the Army Reserves out of Yakima, Yakima Training Center in Washington. Yeah, met as kids. I know. <laughs> I, think, I think we were probably about 21. There's one thing I want to say that's really special about the Army is the people we meet and the relationships that get built over time. And we spoke the other day, probably for the first time in like, well, probably since 2013. And it was like, time never stopped. Now we were drilling monthly. And the one thing I want to be like, so authentic about is like, drill weekend may not have been the one thing that you were like, really looking forward to every month, right. But I always knew going into drill weekend, that I was going to have a really great time, but mostly because of the people that I'm there with. And, um, you you were part of that and i just remember being out and you were so funny but what's happened between when we spoke last in like 2013 to now is that you've actually gotten a position with seattle fire department and i just think that's extraordinary like it's huge we went from being firefighters in the army reserves to you getting hired at seattle the fire Seattle Fire Department, which is something like 5,000 human beings apply every year and you made it. It's huge and extraordinary that you made it because so many people apply, right? How, how did you, it, it, you didn't do it on the first try, like. No, it took me three tries. Uh, first try, I was too young and dumb. Uh, second try, life happened because it is a long process. And, you know, it's, and we always try to balance our work life the best we can. And my personal life got the best, so I had to drop out. And then third time, life happened again, but uh, I kept my on the prize because I was going to give myself, you know, time is our most valuable currency. And this was, I wasn't getting any younger. And so I, I kind of just had to put on blinders and go all in. And it worked. What? What had you start testing for Seattle Fire Department? Uh, it was, you know, it was Lindsay. He put that 
uh, seat in my brain. This is where you got to work. Who is that? Who is Lindsay? Uh, Jamel Lindsay. Uh, he was part of the, the 907th Engineer Detachment in U.S. Army Reserves. Mm -hmm. It's where we met, but he was also a career firefighter with South Kitsap. And that's where we would cross paths in our personal life and also military life. So we became very close. Uh, he passed away uh, due to cancer-related death. And, uh, and I think it was 2011. But yeah, he was a mentor to me. Essentially, you know, being new, being a person of rank and respect, and he was doing what I wanted to do, was to be a career fireman. So you met Jamal Lindsay, and I know him as well. Him and I were actually oh, yeah. roommates for three years, um, and he was- so <laughs> Oh yeah, I remember funny. you did live with him, yeah. I yeah, that. he was so funny and so great all the time, and I, I remember asking him questions like, hey, what does this stand for? And he'd be like, man, I don't know. I just say oh, it, you know? Was that like you were a, a dispatcher back in the day? Me? Yeah. Yeah, I was a dispatcher. dispatcher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I'd be like, hey, what does this mean? Like an army thing? And he'd be like, man, I don't know. I just say it. You know, like I know roundabout in the world of it. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to worry about it either. Like, yeah. Oh, man. He was the most laid back, laid back dude ever. He but, didn't take much seriously. He didn't take himself seriously in life. But a great too. mentor, none the same. And he took you under his wing when you guys were deployed in El Salvador? Correct. Yeah. So that was kind of like... You know, Lindsay is he's so informal all the time. So it's it's just like, all right. And then to finally see this guy work and we were working together, it was like a, a whole nother person I got to meet. And there's that I think that's there's that and that's where it's like you could see like the mentorship come in because I was filling roles that I wasn't really confident in and he was instilling that confidence in me. What was it about him and his leadership that made a difference for you in your career as a firefighter? Just being likable, being personable, um, you know, just being funny. You know, it's just like someone you could just, like you could be unapologetically yourself with, but he knew so much and he was respected and was good at his job. But he was also one of the guys, you know? And that's what I think, you know, sometimes people get success or they put on titles or ranks and they become kind of detached, I guess, in a way. And, uh, they don't become as personable or, I don't know, you just kind of, there's that line in the sand, but he never had those lines. Gotcha. Now, Joe, what's the, what is, you know, like you had Lindsay standing for you and every year he would text you what? It was, hey, did you test for Seattle yet? Did you test for Seattle? So I asked him every year, he's like, hey, you test for Seattle. And I'm just like, sometimes I'll be like, I haven't done it yet. I'm like, oh, yes. I'd apply yes and then just go online and send my application. But he held me accountable. Uh, he knew I had a dream, and he held me accountable to my dream. And your dream was to become a firefighter one day. Right. Like a city firefighter. Yeah. I mean, Seattle was the top you know, in this area or, in, you know, one of the best departments in the nation. So it's like, if you want to be part of the best, you got to go, you got to test for the best. How was your experience in the Army Reserves as a firefighter? How did that like prep you or transition you into becoming a Seattle firefighter? Uh, the biggest one is confidence. 
um, confidence that I could do the job, confidence I could challenge myself and overcome those challenges and concepts. Like uh, every, I think firefighting is all the same. You know, the concepts the same, the objectives are the same. It's just in the details, it could be different and culturally it could be different. And, you know, going to recruit school, basically going through a, another boot camp, if you will, it's uh, you're, it's like just like boot camp. You're surrounded by 30 people you've never met, and we're all going through this process to make the cut. And and it's like I naturally, you know, put myself in their shoes to someone I could relate because I've been there before. So that's another thing I had was experience. And applying my experience, I quickly became one of the leaders in the class that people went to for information. Essentially, a mentor. Going, coming full circle, you know, as you get older and more experience you build, the more I got to draw from. So I use kind of my experiences with Lindsay, the army, um, the people I've surrounded myself with and learned from and use them to lead others and to mentor others. So how many years did Lindsay text you that, hey, have you applied for Seattle, the fire department? Oh, since we met until he passed. Uh, he was he was getting chemo. I remember it. He was chemo. He's lost what like a hundred pounds. Still smoking, <laughs> still laughing, had his braces in, and he still texted me, man. It's like, and that was the most humbling experience. Is that this guy is fighting for his life and he's still reaching out to me. And we're talking football. We're talking fantasy sports, and he's want to know if I still tested I'm just like dude it's like I was like have you taken like what are you doing like <laughs> like how about it's like you okay like do you need me to grab you something you need another pack of smokes what's going on here but that was Lindsay you know it's you know we all wear a mask but man his mask his mask he didn't he took it off man and that's what I loved about him. He was authentically himself. Joe, what's your mantra? Like that you, the one thing that like you carry with you? Uh, you know, it's uh, live your legacy. You know, our most valuable currency is time and how I spend my time, how I invest my time. And, you know, for me, the most fulfilling is uh, spending those time in people and specific people's, you know, I make every choice, every decision, every motivating part of myself. I always kind of have the eyes through my sons, you know, they're always looking at me. They're always observing, they're becoming me. And, you know, I don't want to disappoint them and I want to lead them to be the boys, these boys to become the men that, you know, I, I exemplify uh, to them. And yeah, it's kind of like, uh, so like in times of, I guess, challenging times, um, you know, it's just, a, it's really the one word that I always fall back on is legacy. You know, you know, it's like, you know, when you're six feet under and people are speaking at your funeral and people show up at your funeral, what do they say about you? Like, what are they saying about me? What impact did I have on these people's lives? Like, you know, every person I've seen take their last breath, they never talked about having more money. They always talked about having more time. To yeah. Say, to be vulnerable, to experience, or to do something they were afraid of. They were always blocked by fear. And now my whole goal is to have my weaknesses, things I work on the most, because 
is have be my son's strengths. You know, it's kind of like my motivating factor to always improve myself, especially improve the parts I'm weakest at. So it's their strengths. And that's a lot of it's vulnerability. A lot of it's, you know, expression, um, the, the other stuff, the relationship stuff. There's a quote that I, I always, I have, it's like, you know, like you put it in the bottom of your email and I always, and I've always like, man, like I really just love it. Right. It's a quote by like Vince Lombardi. And, uh, you know, it says people respond to leadership in the most remarkable way. Uh, once you win their hearts, they'll follow you anywhere. And I kind of have that mentality in, in every interaction I have with people. It's just like, like you lead the heart, not the, you know, and you, you coach the person before the fireman, before the soldier. There's a, there's a person and there's a heart underneath it all. And I, I think that's where I try to stay raw to. Yeah. So you said something while you were talking about your legacy that you don't want to disappoint them. And what it stood out to me because oftentimes we say as human beings what we don't want to do instead of who we're going to be or who we're being for others. So, um, you know, when you said, I don't want to disappoint them, what was right there for me is like who you really are, which is someone who has so much love to give away to his family and like right. to everybody, and it's, it's interesting, you're not the only person that does this, we do this often. It's so scary to say like, I just wanna give them my love, you know, like so that they can grow up to be loved. And, it, it, and it's such a, you know, we'll say what, we don't wanna disappoint people, but really what we're doing is, I wanna give them my love, you know? Yeah. Like, but it's, it's also kind of like, feels weird and kind of hard. And I'm like, should I even go there with Joe right now? Because <laughs> it's not a normal thing to do, you know. I've and I've asked some of my soldiers when I was being a drill sergeant, like, what are some strong words? And the first one they always say is hate. And I said, well, what about love? Is love a strong word? And they said, yeah, love is a strong word. And I'm not going to use it, you know. <laughs> and yeah. you know, you just you just ask, like, what's in the way that you would rather use hate than love? You know, like, what's so scary about that? That was the most powerful experience that I, I believe a human could have. And I think a lot of us spend so much energy and time trying to block it because it's, it's such vulnerability. It's like, you know, it's, you know, we all could probably look back in our lives of loving so innocently and having it ripped away and feeling that pain. And then we immediately guard ourselves to never feel that pain ever again because it's, it's so unbearable. It's paralyzing at times. Mm-hmm. And I've tried, one of my weaknesses is trying to come back to that innocence and, you know, re rebuilding and taking down the walls that protects that innocence that I once had and trying to get back there and love like I used, I, I, I'm capable of loving. Yeah. And I know, you know, we all are and, you know, it changes and evolves through time. But yeah, it's just like, I can't, it's like, you know, I'm talking about another mantra of reminding yourself words to live by is you know it's just like i always have to remind myself it's like don't be scared of love you know like embrace it it's like it's one of the most it's the most powerful it's like i would do myself a disservice not to experience it in its full capacity yeah for sure what reminded me of it was the birth of my son and my second son like that it is the most i think powerful experience because that's like vulnerability just in a huge tsunami wave just rushing you and it's the most 
empowering kind of love and it's the most scary. It's just like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of the greatest experiences a human could also experience is a birth of a child. And it's just it's like, it's the most powerful thing. It's like, so it's like, I'm motivated, but I want this feeling in everything I do in life, you know? It's not just my kids, but everything. Yeah. So Joe, I follow you on Instagram, obviously. And um, I see your son is always wearing a firefighting uniform. Like every, every day you're posting something. Oh yeah. And you know how kids are. It's like, they just, Hey, I want to wear the same thing every day. I don't care. Let me wear the boots with the Superman outfit or going to the grocery store. That's just like, <laughs> all right. Because if you say no, it's like that's 30 minutes of a tantrum right there. And it's like, I just don't got time in the day for that. So <laughs> yes, wear the bunker gear every day, son. That, that's all you. <laughs> so I just don't fight anymore and he loves it. And that's part of that like, man, like he just, it's so crazy how they just want to become their parents it's like they just look up to you with such innocence and it's like holy crap this kid wants to be me it's like oh I don't want to let him down man like <laughs> all right I got people watching now <laughs> no it's like and my wife took a picture of him and I, I, I keep it uh oh, it's hung up and it's just it's literally a picture of him looking at me and it's just that face those eyes it's just like it's 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 humbling it's it's so humbling yeah now if you could give i know like you're family oriented and you're at the the fire department's a whole nother family for you and the people that you meet on every call that you run as a firefighter like if, if you could give something away to all of them like that you think would make a difference in their life what would that be like something i mean like something you would say to them or some way you're being oh Oof. You know, so a lot of people, a lot of patients you deal with, it's either, you know, it's, it's like they're fighting for their life or they've lost everything and it's their most vulnerable state. And if I was, and this is something, you know, like, what do you say to somebody like that? Like, I don't have like, like, you know, like, how do I make this person feel better? And I think, you know, it's really just being there for them. What I've learned is just, you know, giving them a hug, just being, just listening was always the best thing. It's like, there's nothing I could say to change what's going on right now. Um, but I'm here for you. And just opening up and being approachable and being um, there. And I think is, I mean, 90% of communication is body language, you know? And I think a lot of us who are guarded you know, are not approachable. And so it's like, in those moments, I just try to be approachable. I try to let my body language speak um, more than my mouth and just be in there for them. And so it's, if I was just, if I was to put that in a word, just be compassionate. Mm, I love that. Um, thank you again for being on and yeah, for, for sharing your love and compassion with us. Thanks. Hey, now I'm emotionally exhausted. I'm going to go just uh, maybe just meditate now. Thank you for tuning into the Words We Live By podcast. I'm your host, Staff Sergeant Beebe. Tierra Starks is our producer. And this podcast is sponsored by the Seattle Army Recruiting Battalion. 
Follow us on all social media platforms at Go Army Seattle. And let's connect about all the amazing opportunities the U.S. Army has to offer.